Welcome to the totally independent, completely unofficial, not even in the same state as the Indianapolis Colts, Colts Podcast. Coming to you from the land of brisket and barbecue, Lone Stars and Longhorns, where some cowboys wear hats and others wear helmets. This is the Unstable Blues with Liam and Kevin Hall. This episode we will discuss the Bears game and practices, peak in the Niners neighborhood, and finally make our predictions of the Colts 53-man roster. So here we go. Yes, they had Colts had two joint practices with the Bears this week. Uh, and then, of course, the game at Lucas Oil Stadium packed. It was a sold-out crowd. Yeah. yeah. All there, mostly to see AR. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. No. We'll Why? get to more of that in a second, though, because the Colts, we found out, are now allowing JT to take trade offers from other teams. They said they weren't going to trade them, but now they're taking trade offers. So, the question, will he be traded? What do you think? Um, I, I think he doesn't want to be here, and I think other teams are probably interested in him because he's a really solid running back, really good. Um, so I think he will be traded at some point. So you think, so because there's some people out there, maybe me, that don't know, don't necessarily think this is an actual legit, hey, go find some offers to be traded. Mm-hmm. But you think this is a legit like, hey, we're, we're allowing the door open for you to leave. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they would say it unless it's like, I don't think this is a trap. I think it's. They've discussed it, and it'd probably be best if he were to be traded. Like, not necessarily best, but like, if he wants to, yeah. we can't keep him here. We're not. We don't want to be that type of organization. Right. See, I think that this is one of those like, fine. If you want a trade, figure it out. Go figure it out yourself, and see if you can get the money you want. And then, and then on top of that, the compensation that we would want to trade you away as well. Yeah, yeah. Because he's wanting 12 to $15 million, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dalvin Cook, who's just signed 8.3 one year. Yeah. You know, he's wanting a long-term 12 to $15 million a year deal. Granted, like, he's 24, Dalvin's 27, but I don't know. Yeah. So, with that being said, what team needs him most? Or has the best shot at getting him well you're you're looking at teams that do not currently have a for real um number one running back yeah right um so i mean the vikings just got rid of their number one um but you're also looking at teams from the colts perspective that would have the the draft capital or personnel to make it happen. Mm-hmm. There are already uh, three teams coming to the forefront, or two teams that I would see, Miami and Chicago, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Bills are in this conversation. Apparently, there are a lot of teams interested, but I believe that most of that noise and that buzz is actually coming from his agent trying to push the market. So I'm looking at it going Miami, maybe. Like if he goes to Miami, Miami may be unstoppable. Yeah. If Tua can stay healthy. They're already really close to that. But what are they going to return? Because they don't have a first rounder this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are they going to do in return? There's also... Um, from a Colts perspective, the Cardinals, you know they're going to be terrible. So might as well trade with them a first rounder because you know you at that point you may be trading for Marvin Harrison Jr. at that yeah. point. Because they've got two first rounders because of the trade with uh, Houston mm-hmm. in this draft. What do you think? Any thoughts of where he might go? Um, I, I agree with the Dolphins. I feel like uh, Raheem Mostert is definitely a really good running back. But I don't know if he's like a solid go-to guy because they also have Jeff Wilson Jr. and he's been getting a decent amount of the carries. Um, so I think... Uh, the Dolphins are a good place for him. I mean, I I can see the bear, the Bears as well. Plus, uh, the Bills. I feel like him going to the Bills would also be really good for him. I think that might be like the one thing that the Bills need to finally take home that Super Bowl that everyone's predicting them to get. Um, but other than those three, I don't I don't see a whole bunch. I see what you're saying with the Cardinals, though. Yeah. Uh, It'd be nice. I don't know if it'll happen or not. Yeah. Uh, the Bears also have two first-round picks because of the trade that they did with the Panthers. But look out for the Panthers, too. Would, don't you think Frank Reich would love to have his running back that he drafted back? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. But once again, they don't have the draft capital mm-hmm. uh, because of what they had to give up to get uh, Bryce. What, then, does the offer need to be in order for the Colts to let him go and for him to take it over there? Um... I think once again, not once again, but um, I think that I think that uh, a supply and de- it's kind of like a supply and demand thing. Right. If you need a solid number one, you're willing to give up a little bit more. Um, and if, like for example, you're Carolina, like you said, and you already have Miles Sanders, that'd be as that'd be like a Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb thing, where obviously one gets more of the carries and right. stuff, but still you have that other running back that's like really good and kind of just sitting there um so then it wouldn't be you wouldn't it wouldn't be as an expensive of a trade because you already have miles sanders so i think it's not necessarily like jonathan taylor is worth this much i think it's and this is this is how it should be with all players it's worth however much the team all the other teams are willing to give for it's it. true and that's why i think that he's going to find out how little he actually is worth and maybe be back we'll see yeah all right so uh the practice themselves is pretty much like a game uh that they've been talking about the whole time Uh, it's like uh, more game time you're gonna have uh even better because there's no uh because of the filming restrictions so you're not going to put anything on film which means uh Mm -hmm. your first team offense and your first team defense can actually see some of the more in-depth schemes that you're going to run during the season because, you know, they're not going to play each other during the season. You can get away with that. But the actual game, what did we see? Our questions here. First, what did we see? Um, 
Well, I mean, I saw that um, Gardner can still keep up with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, what else? Uh, Sam Ellinger in the the spot that he that he can also keep up, and our defense really isn't. We have good depth on yeah. our defense. Uh-huh. I saw that we have pretty good depth. We were able to make plays that uh, on from the defensive line, linebacker, and um, the secondary. So mm-hmm. I think our defense has lots of uh, depth. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, we didn't see Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. So all those people showed up to Lucas Oil Stadium, and they didn't see probably what they came to see. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, you... I think if you came to a Colts game, just expect to see Anthony Richardson after, and maybe you don't pay enough attention to the Colts stuff, because, I mean, he was listed as the starter, so they could be like, okay, we saw what we, he can do in preseason week one, maybe we just don't play him for the rest of the preseason, just because you still have those joint practices and stuff where you get to go. Mm-hmm. And I think those are actually probably more beneficial to look at for the starters than it would be for... Um, uh, than it would be for, uh, what's it called, the preseason games. Yeah. Well, since we didn't see him, we didn't see if you, we saw the twos and threes a lot versus the twos and the threes. So it was sort of a little bit less like an NFL game, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But we saw, I saw Grant Stewart running around, Nick Cross being involved a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, Minshew Mania through that TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in the broadcast, uh, they called. Ellinger, Mr. August, and I would gotta agree. He is the preseason dude. Yeah, um, I agree. And so he led the comeback, which was pretty cool. Uh, obviously, a win doesn't necessarily matter, but uh, you know, it, it's kind of nice. And go tell, nice. go tell the Ravens that it doesn't matter because they just won twenty four preseason games in a row until uh, the Commanders beat them on Monday night. <laughs> so, uh, also better. O-line play, top yeah. to bottom, I yep. mean, especially because, you know, you weren't seeing a whole lot of starters, uh, so that seemed a little bit more consistent, which is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Next question, what did we learn from the Bears game? Um, well, I mean, like you mentioned with Mr. August, he, he seems to be a preseason quarterback mm-hmm. and a really good one at that. Yeah. Um, I think... Also, the defense has a lot of, um, like I said earlier, a lot of depth. I think that we weren't really able to learn that because, what was it, uh, first week against the Bills, we still kind of played some of our starters on defense. Yeah. So it was like that weird type of starters with seconds, and then seconds played a little bit by themselves, and seconds, thirds, and then just thirds. So it was kind of like this weird mixture. Yeah. So we couldn't see our actual depth because they weren't out there with each other. Mm-hmm. But I think that we also learned that um we have a really good depth between our um between our defense and not only that i think we have a decent amount of depth within our tight ends running backs and wide receivers they're all kind of like there i mean the colts did come back to win the game and so theoretically Mm -hmm. then you would think that the colts have better depth than at least the bears yeah right because late into the game they were able to make a comeback Mm -hmm. Minshew is consistent right he is consistent and reliable, um, and 
The other thing that I spotted, don't bring the blitz off of Josh first downs side. <laughs> That's what I'm calling him. Uh, Josh first downs. And uh, a couple times they brought the blitz off his side and he burned them. Yeah. So um, the last question, what do we want from this in relation to what we saw? Um. I think I want, uh, me personally, I want some of our guys from the seconds to step it up so that they can be in a consistent rotation with the starters. Because um, I don't, me- I don't remember his name, but there's like the the linebacker with like long curly hair, Grant Stewart. Yes, yep. he. I love the way he was playing. He was very, very aggressive mm-hmm. and was able to get, make big plays. And I'm like, okay, I want that guy in the rotation with start. I think he'd be good. Uh, playing with the starters, if he can develop that chemistry with the linebacking core, so yeah. maybe on like crucial plays, he could become like the new quote unquote EJ Speed, who's okay. there to get in there and make the play. Gotcha. Um, I still want better O line play. I, I I still don't understand why we haven't gone and gotten a offensive line free agent like Justin Pugh or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um. I think we still need to shore that up a little bit better. And then the last thing I want is just more more than 53 guys on the team because I think we just have that much depth and I want to see all those guys, you know? Yeah, I, so, I can agree with that. Uh, who's your star of the game? Uh, Sam Ellinger. Preseason quarterback, uh, one of the best out there. And I love the way he that he led the team to the comeback. I think it was very... Uh, valiant of him you yeah. can say. Uh, I got you uh, I was gonna go uh, he, he was on my list I was thinking about Cross Funk scored the touchdown uh, but I'm gonna go Trevor Denbo uh, he okay. was one of my guys that I was looking at last year undrafted free agent out of SMU uh, predicted him to make the team now he's still around and he even got this tremendous sack uh, where you know he he was kind of blitzing off the edge, but was able to kind of keep him in front, almost like a like a soccer player, uh, where he just kind of kept the quarterback in front without you know being able to go anywhere, or do anything. It was just a one on one, and he was able to get him down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that. Well, it is very informative to watch this game because a lot of those guys are competing to be on the team. So next up, we will talk about who we think will make the cut or not on the 53-man roster. We still don't have any sponsors, but if you'd like to sponsor our little podcast, email theunstableblues at gmail.com. Until then, we'll just keep telling you about what we do. At Country Mountain Dogs, we pride ourselves on providing families with great temperamented dogs and do everything with character, commitment, and consistency. Look us up on Facebook, and Instagram at Country Mountain Dogs. Yes, okay, so uh, cut day is coming up. Uh, They no longer do incremental cuts uh, in the league where uh, you have to cut it to this many people by this day and this many people, but it's one cut. You've got to go from 90 to 53 next Tuesday, August 29th. That is tough. So that means 37 guys 
that are currently on the team getting the boot are out of a job now technically not 37 because you can keep 15 i believe on your practice squad so not so what is that that's 23 then that's my math there 37 minus 15 15 22 22. all right that's 22 guys that will be out of a job uh, and not even make practice squad. So let's do our best to wrap our brains around what this might look like. What yeah. are some positions that excite you about who is there and who may or may not make the team? I mean, first thing that comes to mind is tight end. There's mm-hmm. a lot of tight end. Yeah. Um, and then uh, secondly, I, I'm excited for the running backs. I think we have uh, a lot of depth at running back. A lot of guys who could definitely potentially make the team. So, I th- I, I would say that the tight ends are uh, in even more um, intriguing because there's been so much injury at that position yeah. that you haven't actually been able to see maybe as much as you have wanted to see. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay. What positions concern you then? Um, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily concerned about anything except the O-line. I just want to make yeah. sure we get yeah. that right. Um, I don't know if anything else is really concerning other than, man, can we just have more spots for more of these guys to play? Mm-hmm. Uh, not just for the depth, but just the talent level. Yeah. So... Um, it sounds though that most of this, these decisions are going to come down to wide receivers versus tight ends. Okay. And that meaning like, are you doing four or three tight ends, which is going to lead to, or are you doing five or six wide receivers? Some of this is made complicated because of those injuries at tight end, but then also Ashton Doolin losing him. And, uh, Shane Steichen said one of those deciding factors of who's going to make those last tight end and uh, wide receiver positions is special teams because Ashton was so good at that. Mm -hmm. So wide receivers, tight ends, how many do you think the Colts go with? And who's going to, who do you think is going to be those last few spots? Um, Okay. So my thing on this is I think the Colts have too many people to, for tight end, at least, to go for the tight uh, The Colts have too many people to go for only three tight ends. Okay, yeah. Um, Do you go five, though? I, I think you only go four. I think you, you let go of uh, Moali Cox and keep your um, uh, your rookie. Mallory? Yep, you keep, you keep Mallory. Um, so four on the tight end, and I think because you do four... Tight end, you go one less on the receiver, so you keep who is that? Pittman, Pierce, McKenzie, Downs, yeah, and and that's the question. And a fifth one. Uh huh. So I think there is definitely. So you got Strawn, you got Rogers, uh, you got um, uh, who else here? Brashard Perryman that they brought in with uh, some uh. Uh, some veteran leadership. Mm-hmm. You got DJ Montgomery they just picked up. Uh, you got uh, James Washington Yep. Uh, that they just picked up. And then you got Juwan Winf- Winfrey who just caught the TD against the Bears mm-hmm. from Minshew. 
Um, I think a lot of people from one position. If you had to choose a fifth one, I think you go Mike Strawn just because he's he's able to get those jump balls. He has that physicality, so maybe therefore that could be like a a hint of like, oh, maybe he can play special teams. Where Ashton was maybe since he's so physical, he's able to get down in the field and actually like make some tackles on people. I hear you. He lacks the speed of Ashton, um, and and he almost is. I don't say too strong, but he's a little bit too bulky of a guy for special teams play where you got to okay. get up and down the field. Yeah. I would love it. I, I, I'm, I am really rooting for Mike Strong to make his mark this year and get a spot. But I just don't know if that's possible. Um, look out for Jawan Winfrey. He's been coming on strong and, uh, Amari Rogers at the same time, but Amari Rogers is a little bit shorter. We already have the, that kind of covered with that, uh, McKenzie and Josh Downs. Mm-hmm. So that would kind of be my thought there. Okay. Running back? Who's making the running back slot? Um, Should we assume that JT's here or not? Uh, let's assume he's not. Okay. Since, we, since we've uh, offered him up for trades, I guess. Right. What about Zach Moss? Are we Zach, Zach, Zach's making it. Okay. Uh, so is Dion. So is Evan, obviously. Okay. Um, so this, is that your three or you going four running backs? I think I think you go three running backs because you don't know who you're getting out of JT. So I think you stick with those three and then it, let's say you get, like, for example, you trade it to the Dolphins and you get Mostert. Then you keep Mostert, and that makes it four. So I think you leave it three, four with Jonathan Taylor, and then if you get something in return, you take that. If not, maybe you consider bringing up another guy. Gotcha. So uh, so Kenyon Drake is not making the team? No. So he was just a preseason training camp guy? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you. My other question is if Zach Moss – is still injured week one, does he go on IR and he's unavailable for four weeks? Or do you just let him sit out that first week, bring up somebody from the practice squad and go from there? Uh, I think it depends on how bad his injury is. If his injury is four weeks bad, put him on IR. Yeah, but if, if he's only going to miss a week. Yeah, if he's only going to miss like a week or two, I think put him. Gotcha. Um, All right, so I think you already mentioned a big one here, but uh, – who is not making the team? Who's like somebody that, you know, the end of last year or going into camp, we'd have been like, yes, but now is not going to make the team? Um, I think, uh, obviously, I said Mo Alley Cox isn't yep. making it. I think he's gone. Um, I think Kenyon Drake is gone as well. Amari Rodgers is not there. Um... Uh, that's that's all that I have like at the moment, but um, I, I could see maybe some other people like Mike Strong maybe not making it, stuff like that. Although I want him to make it, I could see him not making it. Yeah, this is tough. I mean, Mo Ali Cox is the big one that sticks out to me and go and because his production has just not quite been there, and you got some up and t- up and coming guys. That, you know, some of this is like you kind of have to follow the money to figure out who's staying. Right, Mo yeah. Ali Cox production has not been what his money would uh, would pay for, and so you have these younger guys that have this upside to them, and so you would say, well, that's where it needs to stay. Yeah. 
So then who is going to make it? Who is a surprise making it? Um, I think at the beginning of the year, whenever we're like, okay, JT's on the team. He's good. We just brought in Zach Moss as well. And then Dion's there. I think a surprising thing then would be Evan Hull. So I think now that we have, now that, uh, I mean, our running back situation is the way it is. I think Evan Hull is, is a surprise. Um, I think really any of the extra wide receivers who aren't the core four that we named uh, making it wouldn't necessarily be a surprise, but it'd be like... It may be a surprise who it is. Yeah, yeah. it's a surprise who it is. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that because I, I trust Shane to make um, a good call yeah. on that. So. Um, I think... I think. See, here's the thing. When you get a, dra- a draft class of 12 people, the chance that all of them make it is actually like maybe not. Uh, they may not. So I'm going to say Jalen Jones has been a surprise. And so uh, I think he's making it uh, okay. in the uh, DB room. Okay, so who are the undrafted rookies to make this team? If you remember correctly, I did pretty well at this last year. <laughs> but yes. once again, 12 rookies in your draft class. And so there's less room for some of these undrafted rookies. Uh and so they had four undrafted rookies last year. I think, honestly, there may only be one or two. The two mm-hmm. I'm looking at is Emil Ekior. I think a lot of people were surprised he was undrafted. A lot of people expected him to go. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to say Emil Ekior on offensive line. And the linebacker, uh, Liam Anderson, sticks out to me. Those, a, he's got a good name, too. He does have a good name. Yeah, so uh, those are the two that stick out to me that may make it. What about you? Um, I, I agree with this. Um, there's one person that I was looking at. I saw a couple clips of him um, from like training camp and stuff. Um, not sure if he played like on the field, but I saw Aaron Maddox, uh, safety. Okay. I think we aren't necessarily like slim at that spot, but I think we're kind of young. Yeah. And I know that he's a rookie um, as well, but I mean, if we're going on the trend of young, why not just get another rookie type of thing? Yeah. But I think Aaron Maddox, uh, from what I saw, he has good coverage. Uh, he could definitely, he has good vision as well. He could definitely, um, definitely make the team. Awesome. That is our take on the Colts 53 man roster. Next, we have our last regular installment of the Niners neighborhood where we will go through the Niners schedule game by game. Liam's six-man football team has their first game of the season in Temple this Saturday at 7 p.m. This is a great opportunity to see the upstart Bearcats uh, who will be featured in the Waco Trib. Uh, They will not play another game in the Waco area this entire season, all on the road elsewhere. So be like friend of the show Isaiah and come out to support his team as they await Liam's return from ACL search. All right, Nanny's neighborhood. How is the knee, by the way? The knee, it is doing well. I am cutting fully and stuff like that at practice. It feels really, really good. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm, I'm basically, I'm ready to go. Yeah. I've been working on some contact stuff. Okay. Um, so now it's just kind of like getting up to the contact where I need to be where I can take hits. Because um, yeah. this year I'm not going to be as mobile, I guess. I'm okay. not going to be super shifty. 
although I, I still can, but with my knee and everything, we Try don't want to protect wanna, it. Not necessarily protect it, but we don't want to give it an opportunity to do that again, if yeah. that makes sense. So yeah. it's going to be one, two jukes and go and run into people and like truck them basically because my coach is like, you see all these people, they're like, they're not strong at all. They just look big because of their pads and you're actually big. So yeah. uh, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm excited because I still get to kick Saturday. So I just need to practice on that a little bit. Good. Good. That's awesome. Years of soccer serve you well there. Yeah. All right. Yes, the Niners neighborhood. Okay. The schedule going through. Okay. Wins All and right. losses. Okay. Um, they start off the season at the Steelers. Early game. I've marked all the early games because this really matters. West Coast to East Coast. Uh, that basically means that uh, they're playing at 10 in the morning of the time they're used to on the West Coast. So yes. they start off the season in Pittsburgh at the Steelers early game. What do you think? Win or loss? Um, it's definitely going to be a hard-fought game, but I think the Niners have the talent to push through and get that uh, win. Yeah, I think it's a win, too. I, I won't say that they're going to win all the early games. It's just too no. hard, um, that transition. But yeah. I think that we're going to win the opening one. There's going to be too much you know, proof, too much to prove early in the season like that. Mm-hmm. At the Rams? Uh, that's a win. I think the only reason they don't win that is if Cooper Cup and Matthew Stafford have a game. Yeah, I think this is a little bit closer than – I think it's a little bit closer than you. I think I'm going to go with a loss on that one. Okay. Uh, next, Giants on Thursday night football. So here you have an East Coast trip on a short week, three weeks into the season. I wouldn't want it any other time, honestly. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do this uh, later in the season. I think because it's early in the season, it uh, and if they do come off of that loss to the Rams, I think they're going to win in, in, uh, with the Giants. Yeah, I mean, Giants have to come over to San Francisco on a short week, east to west. I think uh, the Giants are... I think it'll be a closer game than a lot of people think. Yeah. But I think the... Uh, Niners are going to come out on top. Yeah, home opener. It's a it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, cards at home. Uh, that's a win. Yep. I, yes, yeah. it is. The cards there's, are terrible. There's no explanation needed. Yep. Uh, Cowboys Sunday night football. Okay. Um, rematch of the divisional matchup. Divisional round. Uh, and it's at home. Yep. Just like it was last time. Mm-hmm. Same thing will happen. I, I agree. Right now, I haven't five and zero. I don't know if I'm like hyping I mean, them up too much. <laughs> uh, Dak is really good at throwing interceptions, and we have a really good defense. Yeah, the, the you know, Niners are really good at taking it away. So, oh yeah. Uh, at the Browns, another early game. Um, the Browns have gotten better. Deshaun Watson is, regardless of his out um, out of play yeah. uh, problems, he is still a good quarterback. Stuff of Amari Cooper, still have Nick Chubb. I think they're, I'm going to have the Niners barely losing this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm on a loss on this one. You go Sunday night, so it's already the night game on Sunday, and then you have the turnaround for the early game, uh, and I think that's going to be a loss. So I got two losses now. Um, all right. At the Vikings on Monday Night Football. 
Um, I think coming off the loss to the Browns, I don't think they're going to uh, take a loss to the Vikings. Um, Vikings have a really good offense, and they have they have an okay defense, but I think our offense is uh, too good for their defense, and our defense is good enough to keep up with the Vikings. All right. So I think I, it's a win. I think this could go one of two ways. Granted, you do have an extra day, but man, if you have to go from Cleveland all the way back home and into the Vikings in Minnesota, that's that's kind of some rough travel. Mm-hmm. I think they might be better served if they just stayed somewhere in the Midwest uh, and made that slow journey over to uh, to Minneapolis. Yeah, because that's tough. That's two road games in tough spots, but. I don't think the Vikings are nearly as good as they were last year. Uh, so I'm going to go with a win there as well. Okay. Bengals at home. Yeah. Tough game. Could this, be a Super Bowl game. This could be a Super Bowl preview. And it's a home game. So I think the Niners win. Okay. Um, I think... I. Don't like to say this, but I think Mr. Joe Burrow keeps his ice in his veins right. and he takes the W. Okay. Um, next up, they got the bye week. Mm-hmm. And then they go to Jacksonville to play the Jags in the early game. Yep. Um, I think this is kind of where they start to collapse in on themselves a little oh, bit. okay. So I think Jacksonville takes this game. I think Jacksonville is a lot better than people think. I think... Uh, the wide receiver core has gone a lot better, and their defense is, is it's better than people want to admit. All right. Yeah, I think... Uh, and it's early. It's an early game off the bye week. So this is weird. You would think they would have more rest and be better prepared, but it's still an early game, so I'm going to say that they actually lose this one. Okay, yep. Um, because of the early thing and coming off the bye week can be a little weird. Yeah. Um, and then they play Bucks at home. Yeah, they might as well. The Bucks might as well just hitch a ride with them. It's not that far from, yeah. know, from Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say this is a no-brainer Niners win. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Bucks do have a good receiving core. Baker Mayfield's not bad, but I think our defense is handling the wide receivers, and we're taking the W. At the Seahawks Sunday Night Football. Um, this is a definitely a division rival. Yeah. Um, but I think um, it's in Seattle. It's on Sunday night, but I still think the Niners are going to take that. Yep, I would agree. Niners uh, take that one. Um, and so now we go to the Eagles. In Philly. In Philly, but it's not an early game. It is a revenge game. Mm. There is no way the Niners are letting them beat them again unless the Eagles decide to injure all of, all, all of the quarterbacks, quarterbacks again. <laughs> do you do you think that they're gonna have a little bit more practice with CMC yes. or Debo at quarterback? Yes, they will. They will. They will. Leading up? They will be practicing for at least a little bit of time. On hey, if this happens again, we have a we have a plan in place. Right. Yeah, like Ayuk's gonna take some reps. Uh, George Kittle is going to take some reps. Everyone uh, that might even be possible is going to take some reps at quarterback just in case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that uh, the Niners want this, need this, and they're going to get it. Yeah. Um, They're at home, but it's against Seahawks. Okay, all right. Seahawks at home to win. Okay, yeah. I I can see the Seahawks sweeping, uh, getting sweeped by the Niners. Yeah, all right. 
And then they go to Arizona for the Cardinals. Uh, they're sweeping the Cardinals. Oh, yeah, that's a win. Yep. Um, and then Ravens on Monday Night Football at home. Uh, definitely a close game. Yeah. Um, could be another Super Bowl. Uh, could be. Futures could be. It is a Super Bowl rematch from mm-hmm. the, uh, Harbaugh. I think I think the Ravens, they're going to win a lot of early games because they're going to catch people by surprise. But I think by this time of the season, people are going to catch on to what they're doing, and I think they're going to be able to stop them. Yeah, I think that if anybody can, it would be the Niners, and yeah. it's a home game. So, um, All right. At Washington. Early game. Early game. I think this is going to be another loss. Okay. So I have, what, three losses in early games. Yeah. Um, it's just too tough. Um, and I think that – I think this might be getting to the point of the season. You, you, I've got them coming into this game with only three losses. So you're coming into this game maybe with the consideration of do we actually really need this, yeah. so to speak, right? Uh, not to say that they're going to be so far in front of everybody with uh, only three losses – but, you know, you can kind of get to the end of the season and you go, okay, well, what's the difference between two and three, really, mm-hmm. seeding-wise? Um, not that they're going to play any less, but those kinds of things do seep in and is a consideration. So I'm going to go with a uh, loss on that one. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'd agree with you. Coming in, uh, for mine at least, they have two losses. Um, I think they're at the point where they're like, we've clinched the playoffs, maybe even the number one seed at the time. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's just do we need to play half of our starters? Right. So I think they'll lose that one. And then the Rams at home. Um, it doesn't matter if you're playing starters or not. You're gonna you're gonna sweep the Rams. You're gonna oh. sweep the Seahawks, and you're gonna sweep the Cardinals. I would say that it's a Rams game at home, and even if the playoffs are clinched, even if the number one seed is clinched, I think that the Niners just hate the Rams enough that Debo wants to get Jalen Ramsey one more time. Oh, oh, wait, Jalen Ramsey isn't there anymore. <laughs> that is true. Well, that does it for this week. Next week, we will recap the final preseason game against the Eagles, talk about those 53-man roster cuts, and make some league-wide predictions for the season. Indeed. I'm kind of excited to make this prediction. I always love this. Looking I know. Might be a little brisket for the brisket cut. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, biscuit, that is. <laughs> Well, this is Liam. And this is Kevin. Reminding you to stay unstable.